everyone, this is Kyle, the GM of Quest Friends. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that for about four minutes, because of some audio shenanigans, Emily and my audio is going to sound bad. It's, it's not going to sound super great. If you want to know when that period is, you can check the content warnings below. I just want to mention it now so you know that no, your computer or your phone or whatever you're listening on is not acting up, and also that it's not going to be there the whole episode. It's only a very short amount of time. All right, with that out of the way, I will kickstart this Totalis Ranking episode starring the United States of Numenerica. Welcome to Totalis Rankium. This week, Cookie Convention. And welcome to New American Presidents Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the presidents from a founding father to Gilbert. And this is episode 3291, special on the Cookie Convention. Yeah, and that's be quite interesting to get into because we haven't re- well, we've delved a little bit into the party, but the convention should be quite interesting. Well, yeah, obviously this convention goes down as one of the the bigger conventions that happens in the uh, in the history of uh, the United States of Newman America. It's definitely one that is uh, taught about a lot in schools, but I'm not sure you really get all the detail. No, I, I mean, because c- it's something obviously I've heard of, and it's something that I think. I think some British people would have heard of it, but it's yeah. not something that is that well known outside of Numenerica, of course. Oh, don't worry. We're, we're going to go into the detail. This is going to mm-hmm. be just as exciting, I promise you, as when we covered this naturist-naturalist schism uh, that occurred a few hundred years previously. Um, yeah, this is a good period of history. Uh, you're going to enjoy this, I think. So, good. ready to start the episode? Yeah, let's, let's rock on. Okay, introduction time. Do you want to choose choose how we start? Yeah. Um, let Let's start with uh, tartan. Okay. No, no, I can make tartan work. Okay. Open okay. with tartan. Yes. What What kind of tartan? Um, this is tartan of the McVitie clan. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 mostly uh, purples and blues with a neon strip going. Both, both horizontally Ooh. and vertical. Classy. Yeah, very classy. Anyway, start with the tartan. You can hear bagpipes in the distance. Oh, my dulcet tones of the bagpipes. Oh, yes, definitely. And you, you pan out and you realise this is a close-up of a kilt. It's like you zoom out and you realise you're just, you're right, <laughs> you're right up close to a kilt. <laughs> right in there. For decency's sake, we'll say the side of the kilt. Okay. Um, yeah, and you, you sort of pan out and you realise that this is one kilt amongst many. There are thousands of these kilts as you zoom out and you can hear quietly uh, in a thick, broad Scottish accent someone screaming that their freedom will never be taken. <laughs> and just as you've zoomed out and you can see this huge battle beneath yeah. you, suddenly that's when the lasers hit. Wow. 
yeah, the whole army that we're focusing on with the kilts are wiped out uh, in one laser blast. Oh, uh, do, yeah. do you think there's like one person just outside the area? He just there lost, is one person. He lost the front of his shoes. He did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just see some smoking toes. That's how you, yeah. you zoom in. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one survivor then suddenly spins around and starts running. As the camera, you follow where a wormhole suddenly opens up and the, oh the guy just jumps through the wormhole and was it an interplexing are. was it an interplexing flexure or is it uh, a standard wormhole uh like through time or just to place it, it is time and place because He's flexing nice yes exactly he jumps through the wormhole the wormhole takes him through 1970s new york but a second wormhole then opens up so he's through that one as well and then he lands still back in numenerica but this time 400 years in the future wow yeah uh, and he is standing in front of one building with one entrance right yeah you picture in the building yeah yeah is it is it the is it what i'm thinking i uh, well it depends what you're thinking but probably is it the one that's uh, vaguely Greco-Roman yeah. with a mild Tudor overtone? Uh, uh, yes, definitely. In yeah. a pastel pink. It definitely is. We obviously are talking about the Poopy Anus Convention Hall. Oh. Yeah. Our one battle survivor looks up and sees a sign that just says, Cookie Convention today Ooh. and someone's just painting the today on because obviously that <laughs> had to be updated yeah. um yeah and then close up on the survivor he wipes his brow and goes phew made it just in time oh did he cause the wormholes then wow wow who knows who knows anyway it's an interspatial flexure wow that's interesting <laughs> anyway smash no not smashed black we're not smashing to black here uh he turns to the camera breaks the fourth wall he then slowly takes his finger, licks his finger, and then writes on the glass of the camera, Cookie Convention. Oh, he'd yeah. have to go backwards, wouldn't he? No, no, he, he comes up backwards, and then he does a spin motion. And oh. then in, in, like, 80s graphic style, the whole thing spins. And Slightly then, pixelated. Yeah, and then zooms towards the camera, and then smash to black, Cookie Convention. Welcome to the Cookie Candidates, the Cookie Crew, and Totalis Rankium crossover. Before we get started and I do the actual introductory speech, I wanted to, mostly for the sake of the players, have everyone introduce themselves, their pronouns, and their character's name and their character's pronouns. So I'm going to start. I'm Kyle. I am he, him. Those are the pronouns I use. I play a whole bunch of characters, but because we're in classic American history, literally all of them are men. So they're all also he, him. <laughs> I'm Emily, I use she, her pronouns, and I play Ig, who uses she, her, and they, them pronouns. Hello, I'm Hallie, I use she, her pronouns, and this is actually the first time I'll be a player for the Cookie Crew, normally I GM it, so I'm making my player debut as Madeline Jeffer James, whose pronouns are also she, her. 
Uh, I'm Ari, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Angelina Lexington, but uh, most commonly she goes by Alex, and her pronouns are also she, her. I am Rob, uh, he, him. I am playing Ebenezer Hobnob. He is uh, a very well-respected man in a certain political party, which I'm sure we'll get into. My name is Jamie from the UK, him, he. I am playing Derek McVitie, another well-respected man, also in the same party. All right, we all ready to get started? Yeah. Yes. All right. The bellowing of a Titanic passenger ship cuts through the morning mist on the shoreline. If you were watching from the docks, as many folks in this town do, you would be able to barely make out the shape of the RMS Marchweed at this time of day, and you would only be able to imagine who it was carrying. Was it transporting visitors from far-off lands? What about your monthly shipment of tea? Maybe Nan was finally coming to visit. All of these possibilities were true on any normal day, but today was no normal day. For today, the RMS Marchweed was delivering the most dangerous cargo it would ever carry in its many years of service. Three diplomats from the far-off kingdom of Ankhor. Alright, so Ig, Madeline, and Alex. You have been on this ship for probably, I'd say probably a few days. It's been like a five-day journey to get to this new space. And we'll talk more about where you're going in a second. Because, you know, after five days cramped on a ship together, I'm sure you're not thinking about where you're going, but who you're with. So um, <laughs> what are you what have you been up to? What are you, what are you up to on this, the final day of the voyage? Is there a shuffleboard on this boat? There can be. Madeline's playing shuffleboard. If no one's playing with her, she's playing by herself, by scooting it and then skating on the other side with her heelys and then scooting it back and then heelying back and scooting it back the other way. And she'll just keep doing that. And who is Madeline Jeffer James? Madeline Jeffer James is the head of the diplomacy division of the Knights of Anquan. She has a very high position that she's very proud of. Okay, so she she's playing shuffleboard by herself. Yes, she's also a roller derby champion. I forgot that. Her roller derby name is Murderline. <laughs> but that doesn't mean other people aren't around, because in fact, both Alex and Ig are in the vicinity. And what are Alex and Ig up to? Ig played shuffleboard for a little bit, but they didn't actually know how to play shuffleboard and were eventually told that they weren't allowed. Um, why, why weren't they allowed to play shuffleboard anymore? Because Madeline got really annoyed. <laughs> Ig has been following Madeline and Alex around the ship, bonding. And, and who, is, who is Ig? Ig is the incredible Igneous Artiste of Astaria. She is a nano. The nano being a science wizard. Yes, a science wizard. She likes flashy science wizard spells. And what, what kind of spells does Ig use? The kind that she's not supposed to use on boats. That's why she's not playing shuffleboard anymore. Because, Ig, <laughs> the pucks aren't supposed to be on fire. But it's cooler that way. No one got burnt the second time. And in the corner, we can see Angelina Lexington nursing a few burns on her arm. <laughs> Ari, tell us about Angelina Lexington. Well, she is the head of the treasury division, also of Anquan, and she has a complicated relationship with Madeline, but she does like Ig. So um, when Ig was playing, she has been rooting for Ig. When Madeline is playing by herself, she has been heckling Madeline the whole time 
Boo! What what are you even doing? Do you even know how to play? Have you even tried this before? That's not how you play this game. And then she's just gonna like write rules of how to actually play the game and toss it at her with her little paper airplanes that she likes to toss at people. In response to that, Madeline will skate over to like the side of the boat and lean coolly against the railing and she takes off the windbreaker that she was wearing, revealing her outfit, which is a bedazzled crop top polo and the bedazzled part says Jeffrey James, MD. <laughs> I'm just gonna lean against and say, why don't you show me then? Oh, game's on then. The reason why she wasn't playing before is because she actually has been a little bit seasick because she doesn't like being in shapes for too long. So she has just been leaning against the railing almost the whole time. But this is a challenge. So she's just gonna try and go for it. All right, Ari and Helly, give me three rolls each. Do I give you all of them separately or together? Yeah, just do three and then tell me what they all were. Uh, 15, 6, and 10. 6, 18, 11. Alex is the kind of person who thinks she's she's very good, very competent, but this is Madeline's... This is where Madeline lives. And all this fancy exposition is to say Alex gets her ass kicked by Madeline. Just absolutely destroyed in shuffleboard. <laughs> she will go back to the railing of the ship and say, it's not fair, you know how seasick I get in ships. <laughs> in response to that, Madeline will toss her windbreaker onto Alex. Well, maybe you should take better care of yourself and take the anti-nausea medication I gave you. I do not need any anti-nausea medication. This is just but a passing symptom. I think it's really nice that we're all friends and you care about each other so much. No, no, she doesn't think it'll work. That's why I gave it to her, to prove to her that I'm right. No, it just makes me drowsy. I don't want to be falling asleep the whole time in the ship. Better than throwing up over the side. Do you want me to do it on you then? No! <laughs> It's hard to hear the sound as loud as it is for a few moments because your shouting is so dang loud. But eventually you do hear the ring, the blah of the, the horn of the boat, which signals that um, the boat is almost to the shoreline and it's time to get up on the deck and get ready to go. So you're on the on the boat. You are waiting to see the shoreline again. The fog makes it hard to see. And now as it's coming a bit closer, you're able to remember a bit what your mission here is. So your queen, Queen Anastasia Brackleberry, has been hearing about this new upstart country. They've been trying this, this novel concept. It's called democracy. Representative democracy, that is. And she just wants you to check it out, see what's going on. There's this thing called a convention, and she's really excited. She wants to try that back in Anquan. So you're just coming here to investigate. It should be a nice, simple, casual visit. Um, as we disembark on the boat, I'm just gonna like take out an extra notebook that Madeline has and then slam it against Alix. Take notes. It's the thing that you're good for. How dare you ask me to take notes? I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Well, I am not going to take notes in that notebook. I have my own notebook. Thank you very much. What's wrong with my notebook? That was a nice present. Madeline. You can have it, eh? I can keep you, give you this notebook. And she's gonna give it to me as she steps out of, of, of the ship. But it's still a little bit not, uh, like wobbly. So she's going to stumble onto the like firm land. And as you start walking off, Ig, you accidentally bump into somebody. Oops. <laughs> 
Hello, friend. That's what he'll we're say. Friends? Oh, of course we're friends. A male bird has to be friends to everybody. And you turn over and you see with this mail package underneath one of his wings, this tall bird man. He is a species of a visitant called an Avar. They're flightless bird people. And he says, well, off to deliver the mail. It stretches out a hand as if to touch his feathers. And they just slip through your fingers as he, instead of flying, just walks (laughs) off the ship. You see him walk by this just very sweaty, very nervous man who's wearing like a suit coat and he's holding on to a piece of paper and it it says the Brackleberry Brigade on it. And he's just like sweating. He's nervously looking around. He actually jumps when this bird person who, uh, whose name is Roger, that's not relevant, but that's just his name. This bird person whose name is Roger walks by him. He just like jumps and then skitters back down and is holding this piece of paper looking all around. You can't tell if he's looking for you or if he's looking for something somebody who's about to kill him or if he thinks they're both the same. Hey, you looking for us? Hello. Are you with the Brackleberry Brigade? Sure am. The one and only. Madeline Jeffrey James, head of the diplomacy division of the Knights of Anquan. I'm Shalina Lexington. What do you need? I can help you with anything. They can just talk over each other. Yeah. He looks at you, Madeline, looks at you, Alex, looks back and forth and eventually shakes out a hand to Egg. Well, it's, it's a pleasure, pleasure to, through his shaking and his sweating, you actually see steam from Ig's like hot hand and his like sweaty hand. They combine to just make steam. As he can't really get a handshake, he just keeps slipping through. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Ig squeamishly pats his hand. Hi. Hello. Would you like a tissue? And that's when he pulls out a big handkerchief and starts, just starts patting his face. I'm not the one who knows what's going on, so you should probably talk to someone else. Like me, Madeline. (laughs) And that's when you hear this friendly voice say, You're going to have to forgive Mr. Julianus there. He's a little nervous about everything all the time. And as you turn to your right, you see this man who can only be described as an absolute lollipop. (laughs) This man is dressed like an absolute dandy with foppish clothing that has a silver lining on the trim. He has this large mindless grin and he actually has a cane that is just a lollipop. And he tucks the cane under his arm and extends one hand to you, Madeline, and one hand to you, Alex. Uh, my name is Mr. Hayes. It's a pleasure to meet both y'all. Angelina Lexington, pleased to meet you. Madeline Jeffrey James, more pleased to meet you. So I understand that you two are the representatives here to see our little diner parties convention. That's correct. <laughs> well, come on now, y'all, including you, Mr. Julianus. We have uh, actually the next round of voting is about to begin, so we'll want to get there pretty quickly because, as they say, 1,239th time's the charm. <laughs> So you make your way through this town, being led by Mr. Hayes and with Mr. Julianus kind of just hiding inside of all of you, using like the group as almost like a human shield. Um, Like the baby penguin in the middle. (laughs) On your way through this town to the convention hall, you see a whole lot of folks just excited with the prospect 
of democracy. I don't have a good take on what early colonial America was like, so I'm just making stuff up. (laughs) And Mr. Hayes, in between taking out his own notepad and actually taking notes based on what you're telling him of Anquan, tells you about this convention. So there are two parties currently in the system. One of them is like the bald eagle party thing, something like that. That's not important. That's not the one you're going to the convention to. You are going to go see the convention of the Democratic Independent Naturist Republicans. Or the diner party. Dinner party? Uh, Hayes insists that it's the diner party. But you, Alex, having done some research on this country beforehand, learned that a while ago there was this schism inside of the party where they wanted to figure out, do they pronounce it diner or dinner? And this was a very big issue. It almost split the party apart. And this was 700 years ago. <laughs> oh, but- Yeah, 700 years ago in this very new country. (laughs) The tension is still there. Tension is still there, but they had made an agreement 700 years ago that, you know what, we got to resolve this. We're going to make a very strong movement to figure out what the name is in a thousand years. In 300 years time, I mean, we're going to get right on that. But until then, just just put it to one side. (laughs) But there is a new schism in the party. Hayes seems pretty dismissive of it. He seems to think it's it's rather foolish. Uh, we'll get into how people feel about it later, but Rob and Jamie, do you want to just explain what the current schism in the party is? Well, the party is very unified. In fact, more unified than it's ever been in its history, you could argue, and many people do. Policies in both factions are remarkably similar, but there's, there's just this one thing that, unfortunately, is causing a problem. You have the more conservative faction in the party, Jamie, do you want to explain what it is they believe? Well, the more conservative faction believe that when you are making the perfect cup of tea, the milk should be placed in the mug first. Now, obviously, this has led to tensions, and as time's gone on, it's become just self-evident, really, that the milk should be put in last. (laughs) But it's a very traditional party, and things don't change quickly, so there's some problems there. And as Hayes, who just miraculously had Rob and Jamie's voice for a few seconds, (laughs) as Mr. Hayes finishes his speech, you end up on the outside of the convention hall. Now, this is named after a real-life, genuine, I am not joking, Roman emperor. And you stand outside the poopy anus convention hall. It's a very grand hall. It was built. (laughs) um... Only one entrance, though. But a grand entrance. A lot of thought was put into that entrance. And as you you get to the entrance, Mr. Haynes turns and uh, waves to a guard who's standing there. Very friendly, if a bit dopey looking guard who's just eating beet colored marshmallows. And he just looks at you and he waves. He says, hi. Hi. My name's Jeff the... I think we've lost track at this point. What's your name? Angelina Lexington. Madeline Jeffrey James. The incredible and... igneous artiste of Astoria. I go on fire. <laughs> but you go by Ig, right? How do you know my name? Well, you see, and uh, Hayes turns over to you before Jeff can continue. And Jeff looks very sad by this. Our good friend Jeff here can never tell a lie. It's physically impossible for him. So I just kind of know things. I say things and then they're true. I don't think that's not lying. (laughs) I, (laughs) I think that's knowing things that you shouldn't know. Actually, this really concerns me. What's your basis for this? Have you tested it? We're getting very yeah, sidetracked. Uh, 
Yes, I learned the first time when I was on my father's, Jeff the, whatever my number is, minus one, when I was on his deathbed and he said, will I live? And I just looked at him real comforting like, and the word no just slipped out. So are you to say, if what you speak is true, can you just get rid of all of this? kissum that's going on and say how do you put milk on tea and how do you pronounce the name of the party and just get this done once and forever if I mean it's a really good asset to have no I cannot make decisions on what happens with the dinner party and Hayes looks over to him and like his smile gets bigger and he's like now now Jeff I believe we've talked about it it's the dinner party but if Jeff over here always (laughs) speaks the truth wouldn't it be dinner party Yeah, yeah. I'm still confused because there's not enough letters in the party to say either of those names. (laughs) And the smile gets excruciatingly big and Mr. Hayes just says, Y'all are fun. I didn't like that. (laughs) Can I roll a perception check for sketchiness? And the door opens up. And he just slides out. <laughs> oh my god! But he, you don't even see his like feet move. He just slides out. And yeah, you can roll. Per- what are you perceiving? Just a general like, are we going to get murdered? Like, <laughs> does he bear us ill will? And I am trained in perception. Okay, that's a four. <laughs> You know, he just seems so friendly. Going in my jail. He just seems so friendly. Going in my dice jail. Just a, ni- just a nice man. You know, if Alex was like this every so often, maybe you two could get along. That'd be so much better. Wow. Anyways, you walk through the one entrance to the Poopy Anus Convention Hall, and it is a giant hall. You don't know how they fit all this stuff in here. There is, you know, a big stage, lots of chair, lots of rabble rabble. There seems to be a speech being given, and as you walk over to the speech you see a man in the crowd there's one silent man he's wearing all black and he's just petting a knife oh my god he slowly turns over and looks at you Ig waves <laughs> i'm just gonna keep walking i roll another perception check is this person genuinely genuinely a threat i'm just gonna keep walking he frowns and he strokes the knife some more and as madeline's about to do a perception check mr julianus jumps in the way and he like blocks you and and this person's vision and he looks at the guy and then he looks back at you and hey mr hayes turns over to you and says listen i know that man looks scary but you just gotta take care around mr Keller." Now, anyways, this convention here, what happens is representatives from each of our states come together and we come vote. Now, we need a plurality. More than half of us have got to agree on a candidate. And unfortunately, we're kind of all split between the three right now. We've had 1,238 votes so far. I'm hoping the next one will resolve all this. So for our three candidates, we've, of course, got Payne from Germaine. I'm not running, I told ya! Ah, he's a joker. So we got Mr. Payne from Germaine, and then, of course, we got those two. And as you get closer and closer, you hear one of the men giving this very loud speech. Good afternoon. Thank you to each and every delegate from the United States of New America for being here with us today. We are very pleased to be able to welcome those of you that have been with us for a long time now, as well as those that are new 
to the Democratic, Independent, Naturist Republican Party. In today's no, gathering... I must, I must insist, I must insist. Point of order here. Your, your point of order? This is exactly the kind of thing I've been talking about recently. Let's face it, the founding farmer, he loved nature. He loved animals. He wasn't the best at spelling. <laughs> and it really is time, after 800 years, we change this. To it naturalist. has been well documented that his spelling was poor and naturalist became naturist. <laughs> but that is the way we have stuck with the it's, name. It's the way, but seriously, look at us all. Fully clothed. <laughs> it's embarrassing. May I continue? Fine, fine. But this must be sorted at some point. I, I insist. Derek gives a very withered look to uh, the speaker. <laughs> In today's gathering, I would like us to focus on our core values. And so the, the man gives the speech. So we have the man on the stage. He is the leader of the Milk First Party, or the MFers. And then we have his heckler, who is the other man running. Now, he is the leader of the correct faction, is what they call themselves. <laughs> the faction which believes milk needs to come last. So, Jamie and Rob, who are these two gentlemen? Who is the speaker, and then who is the heckler? Well, the speaker is Derek McVitie. Derek McVitie. I, I I can tell you more about him if you <laughs> yeah tell me all about him. Uh, he he's 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 a character in the state of New America. Um, and I work for the party. I'm an abrasive glint who consorts with the dead. I'm quite upper class. I, I speak in quite a clipped tone. I pretty much look down on everyone. I, I have a bit of a superiority complex. Is probably the best way to describe that. And I'm, of course, leader of the Milk First faction, very much conservative in the party. Okay, perfect, perfect. And then, Rob, who is who is this other person, the third candidate? Because as we said, Payne from Germain, definitely a real candidate. Like, you know, he says he doesn't want to be a candidate. We all know he wants to be a candidate. So uh, who is your character, the third candidate? So my character is Ebenezer Hobnob. He is a manipulative glint who, uh, he's very much more of a people's person than Derek. He's more on the side of the common man. He, he believes that there needs to be a change in the party, not a drastic change. Let's start small and start putting in the milk last. And if we can get that done, then surely it, it's a sign that there is more change to come in the future. And what's the name of your faction? The correct faction, uh, because we are correct. It, <laughs> it, it baffles us that anyone would think otherwise, to be honest. It is self-evident <laughs> that the milk should go last. And so these two are getting in a very heated uh, conversation. You can see all the supporters around them are getting even more mad. You two didn't have like a planned speech that I interrupted, correct? Uh, no, we wrote speeches. <laughs> yeah, you wrote speeches? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So in that case, let's let the speeches continue. Let's go. Welcome to the announcement break for the Cookie Candidate Part 1. I am Kyle, your GM, and huge thanks to Rob and Jamie for joining us on this adventure. If you've enjoyed Rob and Jamie, I'd highly encourage you to check out their Totalis Rankium podcasts, which are linked in the show notes. I'm also going to go over what their shows are in a lot more detail in Part 2, but for right now, 
I want to speak to the Totalis Rankium folks who are seeing quest friends for the first time. Hello, let's just have a chat. Me and you, and if it's a group of people, me and y'all. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode so far, you can find a lot more content like it with one of our two shows. So what you've been listening to right now is The Cookie Crew. This is actually a mini-series, so we're a spin-off of a spin-off right now. This series follows four diplomats as they try to use cookies and similar misguided methods to solve problems that cookies probably shouldn't be able to solve, like invading armies or a school with a draconian book policy. Hallie, who plays Madeline, is actually the person who usually runs those sessions, and they're usually all women. We just made an exception because they're more political slant, political in air quotes, they're diplomats, fit the historical bent of Rob and Jamie's podcast more than our regular series. Meanwhile, our regular series, Quest Friends, is a Numenera podcast that stars a series of adventurers learning about friendship and family and trying to stop the giant cloud of mind-eating spiders they've unleashed upon the world. It's a lot of fun, wholesome adventures that take place in a bunch of weird locations such as a giant anthill city, the lair of the world's nicest biker gang, and Las Vegas Disneyland. If you're interested in learning more about either show, you can find a link to the Cookie Crew below, as well as a link to our About page for Quest Friends, which includes our recommended first episodes. Don't listen to episode one. The audio is is rough. You'll want to listen to something else first. All right, that's all I've got for you today. Our next episode of The Cookie Candidate will be releasing in two weeks on Monday, August 17th, but our next episode of the main series will actually be releasing a week before that on Monday, August 10th. I'll see you then. to focus on our core values, the values that make us our party, the real party of New Manerica. One, we are democratic. Two, we are independent. Three, we all wear no clothes. We really wear clothes. We're all wearing clothes. (laughs) Somebody silence him. And number four, we are staunch, staunch Republicans. Some may find understandable contradiction in these values. However, to those, I would say what a horse would say to a skunk. Nay! (laughs) So, a very warm welcome to each and every one of you. If you have any questions, suggestions, clarifications, just want to say hello, you'll find me at the bar. And he st- does he storm off to the bar? Yep. <laughs> Grabs the brandy. <laughs> All right. And as that happens, Ebenezer, instead of running running up, just I'm assuming he now like sees his opportunity to jump in and like get it without heckling. So he just rises from his seat and he just starts talking. <laughs> My fellow party members, as always, it is an honor to speak to all of you, even in these troubled times. I know many of you have already heard my message, but I must beg of you to allow me to repeat myself once more. For once again, I call for unity within the party. Liar! (sighs) 
It is time to work together, not split apart. Forge a new future for all of us, together, as one whole party. We must throw aside the old ways that have let us down time and again, and I know you all agree. Rumours are he killed his own father. (laughs) (laughs) He sat, he sat right there. Right there, third row. Oh, anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> I know that every one of you who is a true D-I-N-R party member knows in their heart the truth with which I speak. And yet it is with a heavy heart that I also know that you were aware of those in our ranks who would see us divided. Yeah, you! <laughs> Split us apart to keep their aggressive faction going. They are no members of the D.I.N.R. party. They are not together with us as one. They choose to be set aside, so alas, we must do so. Cut off the dead words so we can grow as one. Separate so we can unify. It is time for hope. And with me, you shall have it. (laughs) Loser! (laughs) So, so what is the Brackleberry Brigade thinking as as this is happening? Madeline, Alex, we should go say hi. They're exactly like you. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, they're friends who sometimes talk loudly to each other, just like you guys. I mean, we're not friends. Absolutely not. Confirmed for for love, not friends. Love? Uh, Madeline has been drinking. She has a canister that refills itself every day. It's of like a monster energy drink, but it's called Monsieur. (laughs) And it has like a mustache on it. She was drinking it. She does a spit take at that. Absolutely not, Ig. I mean, I guess I will admit there's some similarities, but not really like that. We just both care really deeply about, you know, the success of our country. That's the only similarities I see on these people. Well, we should go say hi anyway. And Mr. Hayes, who's just been there the whole time, (laughs) says, I will agree. Even when it comes to differences of opinion, well, shared values are real important. That's what keeps me and my wife together after all. Hey, what's your stance? Milk first or milk after? And he smiles. <laughs> Why, I think it's obvious. I think there are much more important things to worry about than this minor little squabble. Madeline narrows her eyes and <laughs> continues drinking her monsieur. <laughs> and then as she continues drinking, the crowd starts to disperse and says, Well, it looks like everyone is separated into their own respective states. I gotta go meet with the other representatives of the southern state of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you all once we get to the next round of vote. And as he says that, he heads out. Mr. Julianus heads out. Mr. Kella, Mr. Kella Calhoun with the knife. Uh, the robed man leaves. Dang. And then Payne from Maine leaves with his representatives as well. Those are four characters. Julianus, Payne from Maine, Mr. Kella, and Mr. Hayes. I might I might encourage you to remember who those four gentlemen are. It gets uh, forgotten. <laughs> So they all leave, leaving all three of you and then those two fine upstanding gentlemen alone in the space. Ig bounds forward. <laughs> Towards who? Um, Which one's grumpier? I mean, that's hard to measure. Derek does <laughs> have true. a abrasive in his name. All right. Bounds towards Derek. After Ig runs off, Madeline's going to like elbow Alex a little bit and be like, hey, what? You feeling okay? Yeah, thank you. I ended up taking one of your nausea medications. 
all right. And then with this stupid, dopey smile, Madeline skates off after Ig. Um, are you following Alex? Or? Um, I think Alex will divide and conquer. And if they both are going to Derek, uh, Alex will go with Ebenezer. Okay, so we'll start with Derek. So Derek, you are sitting there. You're having a drink. What are you What are you drinking? I started off with a brandy. I've had four of them. I'm now on tea. <laughs> Big ornate pot, china pot of tea. A beautiful, very thin china cup. It's almost so thin, it's almost transparent and I'm, I'm drinking my tea as a, there's a glass of milk next to me as well. As you're having this, you see a roller derby player and a small fiery child run towards you. Ig is on fire to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> w- would you care for a glass of water, my dear? No, you know, actually, <laughs> you're not talking to me. You're talking to the one on fire. Go ahead, Ig. Well, you, you could give a glass of water to Madeline. But I don't need one. Actually, I came over because at the end of your speech, you said that people could come and talk to you and make friends, right? You, you heard my... What's a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Madeline's gonna, like, throw her arm around. Are you still on fire? I'll have extinguished my flames. All right. If you've extinguished your flames, Madeline's gonna throw an arm around your shoulder and then, like, give you a noogie and goes... A friend is someone who uh, talks to people in a pleasant manner. We're here to do that with you. How are you doing today? I don't understand. (laughs) I'm fine. That's what we like to hear. What are you? Who's the prissy one? (laughs) Which one's the prissy one? The one speaking all posh. (laughs) Is that... Um... (laughs) Sorry. Who's the bossy one? (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Madeline Jeffrey James, pleased to make your acquaintance. Mr. McVitie, was it? Indeed. Hey, you mind if I, uh, you mind if I have some of that? And she points at your tea. You can have some of it. However, there's under one condition. How do you take your milk? You know, funny enough, I was going to have two cups and do it both ways. (laughs) A center ground. (laughs) I I know your type. This tea is not for you. With that, she slams her hand on the bar and says, Bartender, two cups of tea for just me, please. What if I wanted tea? Three cups of tea. (laughs) The bartender will give you tea, but he will not give you milk. Oh, good. I don't take milk in my tea. You don't even take... Where are you from? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, We're from Anquan. We're here on like an information gathering trip kind of a thing. Like super spies. Not necessarily. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I think I'm not supposed to tell people we're spies. No, no, it's it's absolutely fine. Security is absolutely fine. (laughs) And we're gonna we're gonna cut there. We're just gonna do a hard cut. We'll just start cold open with Alex introducing herself. Uh, hello, uh, my name is uh, Angelina Lexington. Uh, you can call me Alex if you want. I uh, just happened to hear your speech and was uh, a little bit inspired by the whole, uh, you know, standing up to common people kind of thing. Uh, I am not from here, I'm actually from Anquan, and I just want to kind of know more about this whole process and how you kind of got these your values of yours and everything. Uh, may I help you with uh, to some uh, coffee? If you, if you, uh, once. You all are terrible. <laughs> we 
you're just the worst. Oh, hello. Oh, it is wonderful to meet you. Lexington, you say? Yes. Oh, there was a, a Lexington who was good friends with the founding father, I believe. I wonder if you're related. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I have absolutely heard about, about him. I think I have some blood of, of him somewhere. You have his blood. <laughs> oh, I say, that sounds... Well, what I mean is... That sounds remarkable. I mean, we, we have uh, obviously documents and antiques, but uh, actual blood of a friend of the founding father. That's, that's wonderful. I wonder if, if you wouldn't mind discussing this more. My office is just down the hallway here. Oh, uh, well, uh, actually, it, it would be nice if we, you know, discuss it a little bit more casually. I believe that doing it in offices is a little bit more formal. You know, we could we could just do it down at the bar or something uh, over a cup of coffee. I completely understand. No, that's absolutely fine. So, what is it, Alex, that you do? Well, I am the head of the uh, Treasury Division. Head down of the Treasury. Marvellous. I did a stint in the Treasury myself. It's wonderful, rewarding work, isn't it? Oh, it is It is great. I we, I get to hunt for all of these different treasures for the Queen of Anko and Anastasia Brackleberry, and I have a lot and of what, what's your favourite treasure that you've ever got, Alex? <laughs> and where is it locked up? Um... The blood of the founding father. That's my favorite treasure. Did you say the blood of the founding? Oh. Yes, the, the blood of, 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 of... Just jars of blood. Well, that's very understandable. I mean, if I had some of that blood, I would keep hold of it. I certainly would. Um, it's wonderful to see you. Anyway, I'm very busy at the moment, so if you don't mind, I must get on. Yeah, sure, sounds good. But uh, if you're pulling any sort of a gathering later or whatever, maybe we could talk more there. Interesting you say so. No, I am having a small soiree for some of, uh, let's just say, the more interesting people in the convention. If maybe, perhaps, you'd like to invite Madeline and Ig as well, that would be wonderful. Uh, yes, sure, I could. How do you... Yeah, how do you know about them? I don't think I ever told you their names. Oh, no, dear, no, you didn't. You didn't tell me anything, but I know. <laughs> and since I think you're all by the bar now, a man walks over. His name is Dr. Doctor, first name Doctor, last name Doctor, although, funnily enough, he is a bartender. And Dr. Doctor, the bartender, walks up to you. I need a quick help with his description. I want a distinct feature for him, so he has very nice facial hair. So, Jamie, what, what is what is Dr. Doctor's facial? What does his beard look like? I'm thinking Van Dyke, almost like a pointy down shape, perfectly manicured. Manicured? Yeah, yes. that was good enough. <laughs> perfectly pedicured beard, every hair in place, absolutely perfect. In fact, gold strands in between, every other hair's gold. <laughs> but unfortunately, his moustache is slightly just skewed to the left. <laughs> it, it, it's odd. Uh, no one likes to mention it. <laughs> but that explains the way he walks, as he always walks to the right to compensate. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he walks up to you. From the left. From the left. <laughs> yeah, polishing a glass because that's all bartenders yeah. do when they're not when they're not delivering things. He says, "My, I'm very surprised that you all are just having such a nice casual time in light of you know." And he leans in, the dark horse candidate. Dark horse. Well, of course, the dark horse candidate. I've, I'm sure you two, being leaders of the party, know all about the dark horse candidate. But e excuse me, we, we we developed these application forms. Animals aren't allowed to apply. <laughs> oh my! But I'm afraid he is quite an animal indeed. 
I'll explain for our new guests, because of course you two know all about it, but for their sake. And he just stares at both of you like, how the hell are you two the heads of your party and don't know this? <laughs> and continue. The Dark Horse Candidate is a figure that hasn't appeared for, I want to say, 700 years or so. It's said that when a convention goes on a bit too long, well, if a decision doesn't drop, bodies start to. And with a ding, everyone starts coming in. He's like, oh, well, I guess it's time for the next vote. So everyone starts pouring into the room. It's pretty full. You do notice that there are a few folks missing, like Mr. Julianus has made it in. But Mr. Hayes, Mr. Kella, and Payne from Germain have all not come back yet. And everyone's getting together. What are you all up to? I mean... Ig is probably looking to Alex and Madeline for clues on how to handle everyone coming back and whether or not it's acceptable to get up on this stage and start performing tricks. <laughs> I guess Alex is going to try to speak with Madeline and Ig and be like, hey, do any one of you know if people here were informed that we were coming? It appears that at least one of the candidates, Ebenezer, knows our names even before I introduce myself to him. Not as far as I know. Well, then uh, it's very suspicious guy. I think we should be careful that around him. <laughs> and Ebenezer, what are you up to? Well, I, I'm still at the bar and uh, I turn to Derek and just say, another round. <laughs> of course. As in voting. Voting. Another round of voting. Okay, uh, Derek Hasey puts away the tea bags. <laughs> I knew what he meant, yes. Yeah. Yes, voting. I then just signal Dr. Doctor, who's still hanging around. Uh, I just put two fingers up and he knows instantly that it, it means two whiskeys. Placed on the bar and I, I pick up the two whiskeys and I walk towards Derek and I look straight into his eyes and without saying a word, I just down both whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just say, may the worst man lose. Oh. And then I walk off. <laughs> as, as Ebenezer walks off, I just smile to myself. May the best man win. And then I turn around and just say, well, yes, that's implicit in what I just said, Derek. I mean, clearly, obviously, if the worst man has lost, the best man has won. Well, of course, it's just dramatic irony. I mean, get, get, get along with it. Come on. What? That's not dramatic irony. Seriously, this is why you lose votes. This is why I'm abrasive. Oh, I, I just do not understand why anyone can stand to be around you. Well, they do. They, they do because I offer security. I offer unchanged rigid guidelines that everyone will, f I mean, could follow and the future will remain secure. And as Derek is going on the speech, specifically when he says, I provide security, that's when a body drops from the ceiling <laughs> and you hear a scream in the crowd. <laughs> As the body hits the floor and the scream happens, uh, Ebenezer turns, notices it, turns back to Derek and just raises an eyebrow. Is this one of yours? <laughs> <laughs>
Jamie. 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 Playing the guitar, Jamie. You can't hear me. We're just waiting on Hallie. I would grab the Phantom of the Opera theme to send to everyone, but again, I can't access my notes or the recording will stop. So oh, yeah. you just have to imagine that you're hearing a giant sinister organ in your head. I can do that. I, I just, always do that. I just have the Phantom of the Opera overture. I was going to play that when the body dropped. <laughs> 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 <laughs>